Let's get ready to rumble! May I have your attention, please? May I have your attention, please? Will the real Slim Shady please stand up? I repeat, will the real Slim Shady please stand up? We're gonna have a problem here. Wow. You know, let's let's get to it, guys. Um it is the voted in nominee hit truck stick crew member. Please allow me to welcome to the to our little podcast show. Um but Brian, welcome. Brian Stokes, everybody. DJ, Jimmy, thanks for having me on. Uh, thank, thank you, thank you for for your time today, and uh, means a lot for you to uh, to come on with us and, and share some thoughts. Certainly. You know, I'm sure. Uh, you know, the past couple of weeks, you've uh, you've seen me. You know, start kind of doing the whole podcast thing, Brian, and and uh, being my my open point of view, if you will. <laughs> so, um, and, and and you know my love for at football. Um, it's uh, it's a passion definitely that I and and, and Jimmy share. Um, and and that's kind of you know when we get into it, like you know Brian, that's how I know anything about you is and and a guy named Jason Blaylock too. But you know um, it can can you know Jimmy's got some questions, but I just remember the first time. You know that I remember Blaylock saying, "You know, hey, we got this guy from from down near me," and I and I remember him a long time ago. He, he's going to be a pretty good tight end for us. And um, I just remember him just always talking good about you. And before he mentioned anything else, so that was neat to me to find out the things along the way. And and uh, and that's we just want to get people to to know who you were and kind of just you know what you've done. Jimmy, what you got for him? Yeah, so uh, so we'll jump right in, um, Brian. I think you're you're from around Burlington, right? So uh, born in Greensboro, raised raised in Burlington. Yep. Got you. I got you. So I was hoping you could just kind of take us back a little bit. Um, you know, like where, where you call home and uh, where you went, where you played your high school ball, and uh, sure, um, just kind of went to uh, went to Burlington Williams and. Uh, Grew up uh, in Burlington all my life, and uh, when I left Williams, I was originally going to come over to App, and unfortunately for myself, didn't really apply myself my senior year and didn't have quite the grade I needed, and so I went off uh, down towards the coast, went to East Carolina instead, and uh, didn't really last there long, kind of kind of flailed out a little bit, Um, so uh, I left there and uh, basically found myself you know, trying to figure out how to get back in school after that. And, okay. Uh, so, I, yeah, so, I mean, at Burlington was a lot of fun. I mean, I had uh, – I did really well. I got to go to the Shrine Bowl. Um, yeah. You know, I was uh, all-conference. I think I was uh, second team all-state maybe. Um, so, I, you know, did pretty well in the high school. But then, again, once I got to, like I said, down to ECU, things were a much different story. Um, 
I didn't really apply myself not only in the classroom beforehand, but as well in the weight room. And those guys down there had certainly done a lot more than I had in that particular area. So when I got mm-hmm. down there and tried to actually uh, to play and thought I was doing really well from the high school standpoint, once you get on the college field, it's a much different ball game. And uh, <laughs> indeed, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't quite prepare myself the way I should have, and that was something that was really evident right away. Um, so I, I certainly left there, and uh, once I left there, I, I spent about a couple of years out of school before I realized, okay, let me get my stuff together, let me do what I need to do. And how am I going to go back to school? And how am I going to get uh, kind of my life where it needs to be? And that's where the decision to join the military came in. And okay. uh, you know, I, I, what I year was that? DJ, uh, see, that was actually 2000. So you, it was still before yeah. 9/11. Okay. And I told TJ, I told TJ a funny story. You know, that the Army and the Marine Corps both give the same amount for your GI Bill if you're trying to go back this to school. This is an awesome Army story, does. by the way. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So the Army does – the it's it's so typical me, though. Uh, so the Army does two years, and uh, you can get out and go back to school, and you get your GI Bill and everything. Uh, and the Marine Corps doesn't have a two-year program. They have a four-year program. As so okay. I was telling TJ, after both the uh, recruiter guys came to the house, the army guy came first. He was wearing this kind of this, this olive green shirt. I don't know, just it really didn't sit right. I said, "Man, I got to wear one of those kind of." Mr. Deals. Peabody, yeah. Mr. Peabody. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. That's exactly right. <laughs> uh, you know, you know a, a young a young kid at, at 21, 22 years old, he leaves, and the marine comes in. He's wearing his class deltas, and I look over at him, and he is just sharp as can be. And I said, "Man." I can wear a uniform that looks like that. I'm sure enough going to have the, the ladies come around a little bit more. And that was actually the thought that went through my head and encouraged me to do four years instead of two in the military. So I did wow. four years just because of that reason. And that's something. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, we ain't going to say he had a man crush. It wasn't the man crush. It was just because the guy crushed the out uniform, period. I mean, hey, you know, he's like, yeah, I, if, 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 if he did that and that takes four years, well, I know what I could get from it. Let's make it happen. <laughs> so, you know, I, I love that I will, story. I will, that it's, it's, uh, I will say it's worked out well, though. So maybe some decisions we made for the wrong reasons, but we made the right decision even, even though it was the wrong reason. So anyhow, yeah. so, uh, and, yeah, so that, that's, what, that's what got me to go to the Marine Corps. So where where were you uh, where were you stationed for boot camp? Then were you on Paris Island or was that yeah went, that? Went, went through Paris Island and then uh, uh-huh. you know I was in the infantry and uh, went to Camp Lejeune. I was stationed there with Second uh, Battalion, Second Marines, and um, did two deployments. Uh, okay. One deployment we went out and uh, did about seven months and were on our way home and they actually turned our boat around. That was the time that we were doing shock and all. We actually watched it on the TV on the boat, and they turned our boats around and started handing us as much ammo as they could possibly hand us. Wow. Uh, we get off to wow. Kuwait, and we drive from Kuwait, drive up into Iraq, and we're the second wave to go through, and we go through Nazaria and Al-Kut, and pretty much the first wave that had gone through just either ran off the Iraqi army or just destroyed the Iraqi army, and there was nothing really left to do. So by the time we rolled through, we just kind of had our flags on our trucks and thought we were pretty, you know, pretty cool. And, hey, we're looking for a fight, but really no one left to pick one with. And uh, we spent 45 days out there. I remember 45 days without a shower. 
and that was fun. Wow. And uh, <laughs> I finally declared, I, yeah, they declared the actual war to be over. And when they did that, they actually sent us back first since we were deployed the longest. Okay. Um, okay. So came back and uh, spent about seven or eight months back at uh, Camp Lejeune and did a workup towards our next deployment. And this is where I would now be a senior guy. And uh, we went back over, and this is when the insurgency started, and went back over in 03, or actually 04 at this point, and um, did 700, com- or excuse me, 400 combat missions in seven months. And uh, it was just as wow. much intensity as you could ask for, really. Um, the yeah. insurgency had started up, and uh, we did the Battle of Fallujah. And, all you know, it, I had 26 Marines in my section, and every one of us had a Purple Heart. Wow. <laughs> two two things can you know you and I we talk about and I, you know um I asked you if you heard about the 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 guy that you know Clint Eastwood produced the movie and directed the movie on um um and I know you told me that you didn't but can you can you tell us kind of who you almost captured? Oh, um so there's a guy named Al Zarkawi, which is a pretty prominent figure as far as the insurgency goes. And our section was out one day, and this is 2004, early 2004, and we get mortared. And as soon as we hear the mortar shots go off, we go take our Humvees and go straight towards it. And they're about 500 yards away. And we wound up capturing three guys and pretty sure that these guys are the ones that, that did the mortars and everything. Uh, my staff sergeant was a guy who really wanted to kind of get through the seven months and just get home. And, you know, we're in it, we're over there having, you know, having our time doing our fighting and we're trying to find these guys. And he's kind of more or less, Hey, let's just kind of get through this and and go on our business. So he didn't really want to take anybody prisoner. Didn't really know for a fact, you know, hundred percent, these were the guys that mortared us, even though we're 99% sure. I think he had reservations of what he wanted to really do over there. And so he tells us to let these three guys go. And me and my other sergeant were looking at each other going, hey, wait a minute. This, these guys just try to kill us, but there's something else going on here because this is really odd the way they're acting behavior. And yeah. so we're looking at them and, and, you know, can't quite get a grip on it and who these guys are. But, you know, we, we were outranked and we were told to let the guys loose. And so that's what we did. And we go back to our fob and we look through the deck of cards and we finally find the one that matches one of the guys we had and it's Al Zarkawi. And wow. it, it, it's kind of interesting, you know, at the same point you think about how many lives could have been saved if we actually held on to them and took them back to be interpreted. Uh, unfortunately, that wasn't a decision to be made. And looking back, you always regret some of the things not saying, hey, wait a minute, no, we are going to do this. But at the same time, protocols to follow and we had to do what we had to so uh, interesting side bit but yeah it was definitely him and one thing that i i i wanted to ask you a second that we kind of skipped over um can you talk about when you know when you joined the military kind of what happened in your family because you know how much you know we talked about my grandfather and i told you what he said about you because when he found out that that Appalachian had a a a Purple Heart person that you know that earned that award, you know I got to say it correctly. I don't. Um, and but but saying that, I want 
what happened? You know, there was something special with your grandfather and your grandmother that right, happened. Yeah, yeah. My grandfather, uh, very close. Uh, my mother and I, my grandfather and I, very close. Unfortunately, my grandfather passed away this past January. Uh, so it's been a difficult year in that respect. And and uh, he was really, he and my mom were really instrumental in actually getting me back into app. Uh, because like I said, when I left ECU, it wasn't on the greatest terms. I did not apply myself. Uh, I certainly didn't do what all I could do there to, to be successful. And so trying to get back into school with that as my only history of grades was not an easy thing to do. When I was out in Iraq that, that second time getting ready to get out after 2004, I asked my mom, uh, hey, do me a favor. Get me back into school if you can and, and see if uh, there's a coach out there that will be willing to have me walk on at the same time. Small task to ask, right? So, uh, yeah, yeah, no big deal. No big deal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She she goes around to I think twenty five different schools. You know, she's trying some small ones, some here and there's, and, and they also try uh, one that tried was NC State. Actually, my grandfather had graduated from there and had been a a, a booster for a long time, and and I remember growing up going to football games every Saturday and and having to wear the the red color and. And uh, so, you know, when when I looked to go back in, he tried to get me in there, and they basically told him I needed to go to a junior college first and prove myself. And I'm still over in Iraq, and he, he took some pretty good offense to that, uh, especially, yeah. you know, being the booster and, and, you know, donating the way he had over several, several years. And so uh, they decided to go up the mountain and go to ASU at that point, and uh, they met with um, Paul Hyatt was the dean of admissions at the time. And uh, Paul Hyatt told my mom, my grandfather, don't worry, this is his family here. He has a home here. And my my mom and my granddad were just beside themselves. And they come out of the office and they're like, can you believe it? And then, you know, my mom's like, well, let's go see Coach Moore. And he's yeah. thinking, are you kidding me? You know, we just got, you know, we just got great news. Now you want to do something else and see what happens. So whatever, let's go over there. <laughs> So they go over there unannounced and, and knock on the door and Jerry comes out to meet him and says, Hey, yeah, I remember, I remember Brian Stokes we recruiting him back in 97 and you know, what's he doing now? And so my mom tells him, you know, they sit down and she tells him kind of what's going on and where I'm at when I went to the Marine Corps and he's writing something on a piece of paper and he's doing some numbers and doing some math. And basically what he's trying to figure out is how much eligibility do I have left? And he comes and, and looks up at him and goes, He's got two years eligibility left. If he wants to come and play here, he can walk on the team. And I guarantee you that first game, he'll be he'll be running down the field on kickoff. Sure enough, yeah. he, held, he held true to that word. I, I walked on, and the first game, I was running down the field on the kickoff. And uh, that uh, special mama uh, uh, by Jerry Moore is brought to you by Brian Stokes, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Um <laughs> Further help in the case of being the man and the coach that I grew to love over the years, you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, just Give us something else. for him. Yeah, I mean, I, I, again, you know, Brian, you, you know, in my feelings on the whole, you know, coach and in the program and what he did and, and the brotherhood through it all. But for him to do that, he didn't have to do. I mean, it's apparent other other schools wasn't doing that. He did it without question, without hesitation. Let me tell you something else he did. The second year, he gave me a scholarship. That's that's amazing. Yeah. Wow. 
you know, um, you know, just there doesn't need to be any gold stickers by his name any more than there already are, in my opinion. But um, he's a special individual, that's for sure. He was, he's just, uh, he was a good man and, and a great coach. So, but, uh, but no, that was a, that was a story. But you didn't get into, you know, you, you know, like you said, you was talking about. Um, you really didn't make the right decisions, and you needed to, to find something. Can you tell me where your, your grandparents was at when they got the, 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 the word of where you was going? Yeah, when I originally um, had had decided to go to the Marine Corps, like I said, it was after about two years, year and a half, two years of just kind of floundering around, kind of floating around and, and not really having much direction until I finally decided, hey, I'm I'm ready to do something with my life instead of what I've been doing. And my grandfather and grandmother were um, at the Notre Dame Cathedral. And there's all these candles that you can light. And they lit a candle, especially for me, and prayed for me. They get back to their hotel room and their phone message is blinking. And they, you know, they check the message real quick. And it's my mother. And my mother is saying, Brian has decided to join the Marine Corps. So, I mean, interesting how, how prayers can work out because it was pretty much they lit a candle, made a prayer, go back, and they have the message already delivered to them. And that's that's pretty that's pretty special, and it still kind of, as you can tell, gets me choked up a little bit. I mean, it it, it would be. It would me too, for it, sure. So, I mean, the yeah, fact he that... To, uh, he loved to tell that story, so that was uh, one I got to hear a lot and, and never got tired of hearing because he had so much joy in hearing it. And you could just tell that... Uh, that's where my life had had turned around and and actually started going the direction it needed and he was he was really proud of that and just to see him proud of me was great as no as a as a father yeah now i could see you know what what somebody's score like that you know i could only imagine what it was before but you know having sons now you could I could actually feel that emotion of pride, and regardless of of maybe you playing football or not, the fact that you wanted to go back to school as well, um, you know, <clears throat> I got something stuck in my throat. Um, that um, it says something for itself too, Brown. You know that that you wanted to do that. Um, but no. Um, sorry, Jimmy. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, no, that's that's fine. Um, so I'm I'm just trying to uh, get the timeline going. So what was that like? 2005, you rotated back. Uh, then, at the uh, time of yeah, time of time I left Marine Corps. Actually, went to AP. My first semester was January of 2005. I'm just laugh, laughing yeah. about it the other day. I remember sitting <laughs> in class beside beside some freshman girl and. And I was asking about, you know, what what do we need to do for this or that? She's like, well, just contact me later on the Facebook. And I said, what's the Facebook? <laughs> and this was, you know, <laughs> I had not I had not been around pretty much in in four years to civilization, and I guess this just started up. And of course, at the time, it was only for somebody yeah. who had an EDU email, and right. uh, that had a yeah. Yeah, she told me I had to go to the Facebook.com. I got I to gotta give you credit. I got to give you mounds and mounds of credit. The fact that you remembered it was called the Facebook. The Facebook. You know, oh, yeah. not not Facebook, the Facebook. Yeah. 
You know, it was that, right. uh, <laughs> it was, it was, it, 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 and yeah, that tells you how old we are when, too. <laughs> oh God! I, yeah, I was I, uh, sitting there as a freshman. I'm sitting there as a freshman at 26, and so I'm thinking, okay, thanks. Can <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, you know, I I I had a quick. I know I know in '05, and I wanted to ask. I didn't want to. I wanted to stay on the year. Um. Can you tell us how the announcement of when, how you truly found out that you was, you was receiving the Purple Heart? Um, when did I, it was after the championship game. And it was after, no, was it before? I can't remember if it was after, I think it was after it. No, no, it was before. Okay, so it was before the game. It was about two or three weeks before. And my mother gotcha. called me up at out, and she goes, you'll never guess what came in the mail today. And I said, well, I probably won't, but you can go ahead and tell me because I don't want to keep on guessing. She goes, your purple heart. I said, who's, pur- who's purple heart? Yours. I didn't realize I was getting one. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, it, it, it basically came through, I guess, uh, I guess whenever the, uh, the bomb exploded, um, and that, that's another story as well. But uh, I guess whenever that happened, they put in the, the paperwork, and it just took that long to actually go through. Wow. Wow. You know that. Uh, and then, because, see, there was, I, I know there was talk of that you didn't know until you got to the, well, what was it, the late, late night show with, uh, um, well, I knew, I knew, yeah, um, I knew right before then. But it was only like a week or two before the the final championship game that I knew about it. Um, so, you know, it, well, gotcha. the time I went on the late late show, it was I know known about it. And I think that's kind of the reason they asked me to come on because that was. And I remember, remember being told, "Hey, they're wanting you to do the show, but only if we win." God, I hope we win. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. <laughs> not just for that, but I was sitting there thinking, yeah. like, well, dang. Yeah, well, that would be nice. So, yeah, I hope we win then. Yeah, yeah. no pressure. On top of the hope already there, you know, no no pressure, like like Jimmy said, no, no pressure at all. Um, <laughs> no. Just, no. How how was that experience? I mean, what did they, they, they give you the first-class treatment when you went up there? Um, a just little bit. Our... I mean, I, I mean, I'll stay in a, I'll stay in a really nice hotel room. Um, it was in Beverly Hills that I was staying in, so I was a fish wow. out of the water for sure. Um, <laughs> and my, my buddy actually, the the guy that was uh, the bomb dog handler, lives in Hollywood, so he came out to meet me and actually came out to watch the show live. And he he laughs at me all the time. He'll bring it up because when I come out. And you know you got the crowd. You know, hey, they don't even know who I am, and they're they're supposed to clap though, so they're clapping and everything. And hey, <laughs> I yeah. come out and I actually I actually point up at the crowd like everybody knows me, and here I am, kind of thing. And he's like, "What are you doing?" So, but really, I was pointing at him, and I told him, he's like, "No, you weren't. You were pointing at everybody." I said, "I don't know what I was doing. Just I was I was nervous, okay." <laughs> So, uh, but yeah, it was, it was pretty neat. Got to go on there and and actually did about uh, about eight to ten minutes, somewhere around there, of of sitting there and having a good time and talking about it. Um, and uh, you know, once it was done, it was like, wow, okay, that was that was pretty interesting. So, time to go back to uh, to Boone and and normalcy, I guess. 
So I, this is something that I, I do not know, Brian. Let me back up a minute. You said something about the, the dog handler book? Okay, so when when I was in Iraq the second time, we had dog like bomb dogs basically get attached to our unit. And okay. they they hadn't used them in a war zone since Vietnam. So they had 13 guys that were sitting out with dogs, and they were basically guinea pigs to see how they could operate, what they could do, and their capabilities, and what they would need, and this and that. And the guy who got attached to our unit, I basically took into our Humvee, because I thought it was awesome. I was like, hey, we got a German Shepherd. Let's put him in our Humvee, and we'll ride everywhere. we got a bomb dog. So he yeah. basically rode with us everywhere we went. And on the day that I got the Purple Heart, we, um, we were getting ready to go out on a mission, and it's about a month or two left before we're supposed to leave. Well, he, since he's attached to our unit, the guys came to me and our command and said, hey, he's leaving today. He's going home. Go get him and tell him he's, he's, he's getting on a, a helo here in like 10 minutes. I'm like, oh, cool. So I go run and grab him and say, hey, man, you're, you're getting on a helo. You're gone. You're going home. I'll catch up with you in a couple months. He's uh-huh. like, oh, my God. You know, so he goes and gets his stuff. And so he usually sits in the seat behind me in a Humvee. Five uh-huh. minutes later, after we leave, we're riding down the road, and that's when the bomb blew up next to us. And it blew up basically right next to where he was sitting at. And we oh, had a little Humvee. And it was a 500-pound bomb, and it blew the doors open. There was a bunch of shrapnel that came in. And whoever would have been sitting right there in that seat probably would not have made it because that's the one that got everything basically directed right at it. Um and I didn't have a chance to tell him until I came home two months later. And when I got home, I called him up and said, hey, you won't believe it. I told him the story. He said, man, I was sitting on the fob. And I remember five minutes after y'all left, hearing in the direction that y'all went, a really big IED explode and thinking, man, I hope that's not them. And I told him the story about where it was and what happened, the doors being blown open. And he said, man, I, I can't believe that. And so he actually wrote a book describing his um, – his detail basically going over there on all the events that we did, some firefights we got in and things like that. And the book's name is called Sergeant Rex. Sergeant Rex. Really good book. Yeah. You'll see about 165 pound Brian Stokes in a picture in the middle there. And it's pretty, (laughs) pretty funny. You wouldn't recognize me. That's for sure. (laughs) Wow. That's unreal. Um, Oh my God. Just uh, (laughs) the, the story, see, you know, people don't, you know, Brian, they don't really know you. You know, they 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 don't know that you've got so many cool stories that tie together, and that to me is is the neat part about you. You know, it's and and you're not a person that goes out here and you know let's let's go out here and I'll set up shop and I'll tell you stories today. You know, you don't do that. That's not who you are. But when somebody asks, you tell it in such a way that that it's your truth, it's your story, and you own it. And I, I just, I just think that's a, that's a quality in you, man. A quality. I appreciate it. We definitely, we've been through some craziness, that's for sure. And, you know, I've had at least, I would say the privilege of being able to do some of these things. Cause I look back on it and yeah, I was in a, in a really bad place, uh, you know, being in a war zone, but, you know, being next to these guys who are basically 18 to 20 years old and, 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 getting all these, all the guys I was in charge of came home alive. And, uh, so that's really something that meant a lot to me and being able to look back on the times we had together, there's nothing that compares to that type of time. And, and, uh, I value it. There's a lot of lessons that came out of it. A lot of friendships that came out of it. 
just uh, something I can always look back and if I go through hard times, which I continue to do, uh, I look back on things like that and go, well, at least it's not that bad, you know, kind of thing, and 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 kind of continue to to bury on and go forward, I guess you could say. Yeah, uh, I mean, you're right. You're right. So I know I know we're kind of bouncing around a little bit, um, but let's let's get back to the football field. And I wanted to ask if you have like a like a one memorable moment playing an app that you, that just sticks out in your mind. Oh um, uh, yeah. Um, aside from the entire time that I, I was a player there, because I mean, there's, it's hard to choose, but I would have to say one yeah. as far as a moment. And I didn't really get, I didn't really get to tell a tease of the entire story behind it, so I'll, I'll, I'll try to do a little bit better job on this. But um, when I just mentioned I brought home all my Marines alive that first that that deployment. Um, that was my last time I would be going out on deployment, and I would be getting out of the Marine Corps after that. And so yep. those guys I was in charge of were now going to be the guys in charge of the new Marines that were coming in, and they'd have to go back out on the appointment after that. Right. Um, so I got out and uh, decided to go to, to app and walk onto the team, and uh, they went back on a deployment basically as we're beginning our season in 2005. And October 20th, 2005, um, a bomb actually – blew up underneath a vehicle that had two of the guys I was in charge of and they died instantly from it. And, um, I didn't find out until later that week at some point, I want to say 25th, 26th, maybe somewhere around there. And the, um, funeral for one of the guys, uh, was actually here in Greensboro because that's where he's from. And so I, I went from Boone down to the funeral and uh, this guy's name was Andrew Rizzoli. And uh, the other guy was Swadek, so Swadek and Rizzoli. And uh, I go down to Rizzoli's funeral, and amazing funeral, full military honors, of course, and, and just, you know, hits you hard kind of thing. And I took the uh, the pamphlet from that funeral, and the next game we were going to play was actually at LSU. Um, so that week, pretty tough week on me we go down to lsu and i take the pamphlet with me and while i'm down there i decide to write both rizzoli and swadek on my shoes um you know just anything i can do to kind of honor them in any way i can think of really and just kind of keep them in my thoughts and their families of course and uh so we're going to kick off first and kick off obviously i love more than anything and we go running down the field and I don't know how, but there's a lane just clear to the ball carrier, and that was probably my best play in all of college, how I hit this guy. And Coach Moore even said something later to me. that said he just really set the tone for the game. And I remember 91,000 people, even fans that weren't ASU fans, actually ooing and aahing when I hit them. And I get up, <laughs> I'm, surrounded by, I'm surrounded by everybody from the app sideline because it's right there by the app sideline. And I'm getting slapped on the helmet, pushed around, and everybody is just ready to go. And it was excitement like nothing else. And I'm sitting there just, just you know, I can't even describe what emotion level I was on. And I get right. to the sidelines, and it kind of starts to come down a little bit, and then realization kind of starts to hit you a little bit, looking down at those cleats all of a sudden, and you kind of just come overwhelmed with a little bit of emotion. And, and it that was definitely the most memorable and most awesome play that I had. Not necessarily the most memorable thing that happened while it happened, but for me personally, on a personal level, what I accomplished 
that to me, I don't think you can get any better than that just because of the significance. Sure. And sure. and and that that point there, just want to let you know, um, there is the justification for the nominee to the most exclusive sought after club. As the mascot, you know, flying Woody Woodchuck, um, you know, the pit <laughs> truck stick crew member. Um, you know, a, a, again, a, a illustrious and elusive club, by the way. Um, but, uh, I mean, we try to have some fun with it, too, as you know, Brian. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, you got it. You know, and, and um, <clears throat> but from, you know, LSU, a lot of people don't remember in 05, that's when Katrina came in. And y'all didn't – it wasn't your typical away game. Um, I remember y'all had to leave at like 3 o'clock or some crazy time. You flew down. And then you uh, – what, you had to walk through in some hotel, the conference room? And and then yeah, – um, yeah. So um, I, I remember that. Um, uh, you know, a lot of people don't remember that. And it's kind of funny the next time we play them, oh, yeah, by the way, we're going to play at uh, 10 o'clock in the morning because there's another hurricane coming. It's like, uh, you know, maybe somebody telling us to stay out of the state of Louisiana or something. I don't know. <laughs> so, you know. Um, I do, I that, do remember that, that the, student, the student body for app raised – I remember hearing this on the loudspeaker, like going into the third or fourth quarter. Student body for app raised, I think, I want to say like close to a hundred thousand dollars for the the victims, basically of the hurricane. I don't say victims, the, those who were wow. affected by it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, to this day, I, I mean, I can still remember how bad that was, and you could only imagine what they was going through. But uh, oh, yeah. um, you know, from that, you know, again, you oh five, you got your ring, oh six. And the and the one thing that I think a lot of people don't know, Brian, you got to play in the ball game, man. Yeah. And uh, but yeah, but this ball game was a little how different. That happened. Yeah. Man, just go ahead. I ain't gonna. I'm gonna shut up. <laughs> um, well, I mean, it, it's interesting how that happened because you know I thought after after '06 was done, I had my two years eligibility. Um, you know, I thought I was hanging the cleats up for good, and I get a phone call. Uh, from this guy that says that they're going to have an inaugural uh, all-star game down in Texas. And it's basically, it's, it's called Texas versus the Nation. And there, anybody who's ever been affiliated with any part of the state of Texas, whether you played there, moved there, used to play there, whatever, you can play for the Texas team. And then everybody else will be on the Nation team. So basically, Texas thinks they're better than everybody else. And uh, a Dallas fan will tell you that. And then, uh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Had to throw that in, but yeah. So, anyways, yeah. I, I get an invite down there, and they said that there's a uh, Army Medical Hospital down there, and they're going to give away ten thousand tickets to um, the guys who are wounded there, basically coming back from both Afghanistan and Iraq, and they know about me being um, a player who has you know eligibility to go down to play this game, and that I have a Purple Heart, and they thought it would be really motivating and uplifting if these guys could see somebody like their own wearing a uniform and, and out there playing and they already had somebody you know playing tight end and they said well what we'll do is we'll have you play fullback and you'll go down and you'll be the third string fullback and we'll put you down there and another thing we want to do is also give you the number 40 
in honor of Pat Tillman, we'd like for you to wear that number. And I said, sold. I'll definitely do it. I'll be there. Um, wow. So I go down. It was, I think it was February, uh, that February. So two months later, I go down and uh, go to this. And, and Buddy Ryan is actually going to be the head coach there. And so um, I go down there, and we do the full week of practice. Well, I did pretty well. I was a fullback in high school, so it, it kind of came easier for me than the tight end position did. And I wound up going from third string to first string and starting the game. I actually had about, I want to say, two or three carries and maybe two or three catches out of the backfield. Um, so it was a lot of fun. We wound up winning. And uh, there's a picture that I put on uh, Facebook the other day. I, I was rummaging through after we had that at our discussion and trying to find the, uh, the article and the picture of Buddy Ryan. And two of the guys were actually carrying Buddy Ryan off the field after the game. Which is amazing. Maybe. <laughs> you know, and, you know, Buddy Ron, I, you know, I'm, you know, I don't know if I've told anybody or not, but I like a certain team from a certain Midwestern town, starts with a C, ends with an O, in the middle of Hickok, you know. Maybe he was there oh, yeah. for a certain defense. I, I don't know. Certainly I don't know. Was. I'm just yeah. saying. Yeah. I'm just yeah. saying. Yeah. So... I think we can but, you know, you, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, the uh, and, and what the cool part with me, you know, the pictures you shared, um, you know, be the still because we, we, we would have loved to, you know, been there uh, to share those with you, you know, kind of give somebody, you know, the, help the people. You know, we're just giving you our time. But uh, the picture of you getting tackled by a BYU guy, um, if I would have saw that picture, say, and I didn't know who you were, my first thought, because you had your app helmet on, I was like, my first thought was like, when did we play BYU? <laughs> you know? Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I don't remember playing the Cougars. When did we play the Cougars? <laughs> so, um, and and you 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 like you said, you started third string, and then you moved up and started fullback, right? And yeah. That, and, and, and the whole time that that you tell people this story, there is no, um, oh, I'm going down there and I'm just a third string fullback. No, you're honored to be there. You take that, you run with it, and I, I just believe that good things came to you because of that. Hey. So, and, and, and ladies and gentlemen, as you know, um, if you know anything about me, I got this little guy named Dash, and he's 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 a Dasher, and and uh, he's my little guy. So, you know, that's that's a part of uh, being the daddy, right, guys? So, um, indeed. Oh yeah. But uh, but no, man, it was uh, that was really cool. I thought that that you got that, and I know you said you was going to try to get us a picture of that jersey because. You still have it, right? The one you wore. Oh yeah, I still got it. Uh, you know, the, the funny thing was, I, I wasn't prepared to be catching passes out of the backfield like that. I didn't really know that was going to happen. And so, on that one where I got tackled, I was just pretty surprised that the ball was coming my way, and I'm thinking, oh god. <laughs> so, and my, I remember uh, my buddy uh, Cam Cam Spear uh, called up Wayne Norman. And he said, what is Brian Stokes doing catching balls out of the backfield? 
<laughs> so, so wow. was, it was pretty yeah i mean but that's how funny it was it, i was having a great time and and uh you know wound up actually i think the last pass that i called i went for about 11 or 12 yards and uh i went down before i went out of bounds just so i keep the clock rolling and uh doing that helped uh, basically seal the the game and uh i'm thinking man i should I should be calling Coach Board, telling him he should have had me out of the backfield more often. I'm just kidding, but you know that's. You know, <laughs> <laughs> but that's why we call it the "I'm just saying" Power Hour, Brian. So you can say yeah, things yeah, like it, that, it, man. It's okay. It just <laughs> felt, yeah, it felt just like playing backyard football, and that's that's kind of what every kid loves to do. Is anybody who loves the game, that's kind of the feeling it was, and and just got done with that and had a great time. You know that was. Uh, I'm sure that was something really special to you, because as as a fan on the hindsight, looking that, that to to this day, I think that was really cool, and that you got to do that, and you took it, and and you you just felt honored to do it, and I think it just it paid off, it paid off, yeah. um, you know, and I tell you, Jimmy, you got anything else you want to ask him? You know, bring up. You know, um, I, not me. No, I, I. I know we're we're probably a little a little ways from being done, but Brian, I just want to say, you know, <laughs> we we we've only touched on a fraction of your background, and I just want to say that your stories are just amazing. And you know, I know I know you're not done yet. You probably got a million more coming coming forward your way. So, um, we we can do it. We can do a part two at some point. I got like I said. Obviously, I went on and did a couple <laughs> other things. And, and yeah. uh but uh I do And I think we should do that. I think we should too. I'll be down for it. I do know that y'all asked me to nominate somebody and so I'm gonna nominate somebody if that's all right. Absolutely. By all means. I was gonna bring that up. Who who do you got on table? Who, who you want? Well I don't well with the current situation, of course we didn't really talk about the football too much with what's going on now. Maybe we could touch on that more next time. Um yeah. but obviously there's a lot and, of and we will <laughs> Yeah. There's a lot of change going on within the coaching ranks right now, and uh, one of the guys I'm still wondering about and hoping to see uh, in a significant position on, on the team as a coach is Nick Cardwell, and he was actually my roommate um, for all of our travel games. He was my roommate, and, of course, you know, both of us are tight ends, and uh, mm-hmm. I, would, I would nominate him if you could get him, and again, I don't know what the situation is currently, so that may dictate, but he is one heck of a guy. He is kind of like a – he is really much like a Sean Elliott-type guy. Um, he's a family guy, a Christian guy, and his players, he is a coach's player – excuse me, a uh, player's coach, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, more than anybody I've ever seen. And uh, so I would definitely nominate him to be your, your next guy if you can get him. Hey, we'll reach out to Nick. I may have to pull the favor from Reggie Hunt. As you know, Reggie oh, and yeah. him were really good friends. And, uh, oh, yeah. You know, you know, Reggie, I've known Reggie for years. Um, and, uh, but Nick, I've, I've met him several times, and he is just, like you said, he's, he, he's got a, you know, people have that, that, you know, when you walk around him, you just feel like, hey, he's a really good guy. And ever since I've met Nick, you know, he's always had that, you know, going out of that his way to make you happy but he's not doing it it's just who he is and he's he 
I, I just never met a person that didn't like Nick. And and like you said, he's a great coach, and the guys love him. And I can see that relation between him and and Elliot. You know the uh, the correspondence between the two of of how they can motivate kids. Got two so, in the pod from where from where they're going. Oh yeah, from. exactly. Yeah. You know, but like you're reiterating on, uh, like Jimmy said, there's just so much that we still want to touch on. And if you're okay, Ryan, let's let's do a, let's do another part because. We want to do another part because and touch on the stories. I am so happy and excited that you're willing and you want to talk about the current state of the football team because we would love to have a former athlete, a former player um, that came from where he came from to give us just what he thinks and and no more. Yeah. And yeah. you know we're excited for you know that that you're willing to do that as well. Um, you know because we're we 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 appreciate that the the school is is going on and 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 you know scott did well he did i i I can't take it away from him um and nor would i ever try to i just uh as you know uh, you know that's kind of how this kind of all got started you know brian to let people know that i posted uh we posted our press first little preview show that jimmy and i did and i know that that's when all the Correspondence started on Facebook, and and people were saying this and this, and and you know I posted to what well, is her name Sue? I know she's in the band or has not not in the band, but actually like a band director, right? You know who I'm oh, talking yeah. about. Yeah, yeah. And I and that. I know I know we started corresponding back and forth, and I just told you in no way uh, again. I am not disagreeing with anybody. This is just how I feel, and. I just, as a fan, it was just, you know, there's, and we'll touch on it, but you, you, you wrote me back, and it was always in in the interaction of, of we all wanted the same thing at the end of the day. We want the program to succeed. So, you know, and and that was the great thing about it is, you just you, you want us to be back on that pedestal where we were, and so do we, so do we, so. Saying that, um, you know, guys, I'm excited. We're going to have a round two with Brian, and, and the fact that he's willing to take that time and give us that, um, that's really cool. Um, anything on the first on, on this first one, guys, that we could, uh, you know, finish up here, and, you know, before we get into the next one, whenever we do. Well, I'll say yep. uh, I'll finish it with uh, Coach Moore saying it's a great day to be a Mountaineer. Indeed. Wow. Indeed it is. I, I don't need to say anything else. You know, sometimes less is more. And, yeah. and right sometimes. now, you know, you know, I, I probably need to hand in my letter of resignation and just let uh, Brian take over the podcast so we can actually get people to listen. Oh no, it's all yours. I mean, he's, yours. he's he's putting he's putting me down like you know, like TJ. You know, let me show you how it's done. <laughs> so, um, yeah. I'm, I'm cool with being the guest. You can you can take control of that anytime. Man. That's all you. <laughs> you know, um, but like you said, it's a great day, uh, Brian. Thank you so much for your Brian. time. Yep. You know, Brian. Um, amazing, amazing stories. We really appreciate you coming on with us. Yep. And, uh, yes, sir. and I appreciate it very much. Thank you for having me on as well. Thank you for your service, um, and uh, I hope you guys you have a happy holiday. 
Merry Christmas, guys. Hey, Merry Christmas, y'all. Ladies and gentlemen, as we always do, we, we ended on the note of our loved fight song. And until then, part two is coming soon, we hope. Have a great one. Yeah.